good afternoon, beloved, and welcome back to Oops, I Missed Church. Today is a very special day because for the very first time in history, Kiraba Ranjit Delasham is on the radio. Kiraba, how are you? Wow, this is so surreal, Micah, um, to be sitting in front of you recording this um, after hearing you um, on that episode where you proposed to Rupe, or like the proposal oh, the episode. Oh, proposal yeah. yeah. I'm like, is this really happening? Oh, this is, this is so a pinch fun. me moment for me. So oh, good. I'm excited. This is fun because your voice will have traveled to Iowa before your physical self. There you go. Well, fun fact, I've actually always wanted to go to Iowa. Really? Because um, one of my favorite authors, Marilyn Robinson, all of her novels are actually set in Iowa. So is she from there? I, I'm i not sure, but all of her... You would think so. Yeah, I would imagine so. But Iowa just holds a special place for me, mainly because all of all the, the stories books. that I love yeah. are all set there. I still haven't read any of her books, but well, I will one of these days. Sounds good. So friends... If you're not aware by how similar she sounds to my lovely wife, this is my sister-in-law. And the first time I've ever interviewed a sister-in-law. There you go. But you're my only sister-in-law that's like immediate. I have sisters of brother-in-law, you know. That's true. Well, yeah. I feel honored. So, Kiraba, first time on a podcast, first time on the radio. Yeah. What are you learning right now? Because you come from a family of teachers and I find you guys are all exceptional learners because you understand the value of learning being teachers and I'm curious what you would say you're learning right now in this season Mm. wow I love that question thank you (laughs) um I think I'm the thing that I'm learning most at the moment is to do the thing that you're afraid of Mm. and so this was something that I was actually quite anxious about as you well know I'm an overthinker um and so initially when um Rupert asked me immediately like I was excited because I do love your podcast and I also love podcasts in general but then I also know what I'm like and I'm an (laughs) overthinker and so just terror filled me right after but then doing this with you now uh, is not as terrifying as I had imagined it to be in my head. And mm. so what I'm learning is actually face your fears because what you imagine um, in your mind is always way scarier and way worse than the reality. Right. And actually, to add to that, um, we all got tattoos recently yeah. and um, my sister, also knowing what I'm like, uh, kind of, suggested the idea about half an hour before doing yeah. this. And so I now have an ac- um, an anchor tattooed yeah. uh, to me, not just for what it symbolizes in terms of the hope, um, hope as an anchor for the soul, but also not to be anchored to our fears. Mm. And so I think that's something that I'm really learning and wanting to keep confronting, you know, those fears. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so good. And just brave because it's so easy for us to make things so much worse in our mind, you know, and we, it's so crazy to me how much our thoughts can deceive us and almost be an enemy to us, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's almost like you work against yourself when you kind of lean into 
what you focus on, you know. Um, I can't remember. Oh, I think maybe this was in a sermon, but I really loved the idea of you become what you behold. Mm, and so right. just trying to focus on the, you know, positive things and focusing on actually, yeah, your fears are, don't need to be so all-encompassing, you know, right. hold you back. Yeah, at, I think it was at church last Sunday, our pastor Arnaldo mm. at Anchor Church in mm. Sydney, he always talks about your attention shapes your imagination, yeah. your imagination shapes your desires, and your desires shape your values. Mm. And I love that sort of progression because it mm. makes so much sense. And you realize it in your own life when you yeah. think of what you consume and what you focus on. Absolutely. And I'm blown away too by how often we forget we actually do have control yes. of what we think about. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do have agency. You're right. right. And yeah, I think um, trying to take stock of what it is we pay attention to is so important in, in then, like you say, shaping how we feel, the, tr the choices that we make. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, Kiraba, let's talk a little about you and your story. Mm -hmm. You moved to Australia. How old? Were you eight? I had just turned eight, yes. Right. So your memory of it is probably a little deeper even than Rupa's. Yes. Because I th you can still remember things at five, but Absolutely. I feel as an eight, it seems like a fairly significant age to yeah. me because, yeah. I don't know, it feels very like you're aware of adulthood mm. and it's approaching nature mm. and you're almost hungry for it as mm -hmm. an eight-year-old mm -hmm. and I feel like before eight you're still sort of just enjoying the wonder of childhood yeah and sure there's the I like I think every kid feels I want to grow up I want to grow up but at eight years old I remember my sisters used to always say don't be an annoying eight-year-old oh. because <laughs> they just they thought of that age as a particularly annoying age because yeah. it was like it's almost when a kid thinks they've got it yeah. figured out already, you know? I like, yeah, that, I suppose that's true. It is a very transitional age, I think, because you're right. You're departing from that, like, ch little kid, like, child. Yeah. But you're also not quite, like, a teenager or older. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. And so I think that age was a challenge, um, sort of, moving to a new country, um, with, you know, different ways of doing things. And so while it was really exciting to be in a new country, it was, um, it was a challenging transition for me. Mm. Um, especially at school. Um, I, I know that I actually, I found just the way, whether it was how friendship groups worked or what, the education system was like, um, I did, I, I, it was a rocky transition. Mm. Um, but I think I will say that my family were really, um, like mum and dad made sure that we still, you know, had moments of like joy, you know, whether it was hopping on a train to go to the opera house and eat, you know, hot chips mm -hmm. by the yeah. opera house steps. And so, um, alongside those challenging moments at school, um, there were also these really beautiful memories that we had together mm. as a family. And so, yeah, it was, it was a transitional time 
kind of moving into Australia. Yeah. What what was school like in India versus here? Oh, wow. What were some of the big differences you noticed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I don't remember a huge amount from India, but I do recall a lot of, um, I think, like rote learning from textbooks and a lot of things were more set. Hmm. Um, But in Australia, I do recall sort of more group activities and, you know, I I also (laughs) used to love... um, we used to have these reading cards you get to like choose, you know, based on your reading level and you get to pick different stories. Mm. And so there was a lot more sort of broad, like open sort of. Yeah. Kind of a yeah. more like broad. Broad. Yeah. 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 That's, it's so interesting to me to think of school just because mm. I was homeschooled yep. until fifth grade. That's right. And it was. It felt so laid back, mm. you know, mm. and then when I went to regular school, it was first Christian school yeah. and I really enjoyed both yeah. because I, the thing I was so excited about being at an actual school yeah. was just being around kids uh, my age yes. because I was always pretty social mm. and I think being homeschooled, I was still getting to hang out with kids and all my sisters and their friends, but it didn't feel like I had, you know, a bunch of kids my age that I could get to know. And so it was really special to be able to sort of branch out and then discover who I was as an individual amongst all these other kids my age. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm so fascinated by the formation of humans, you know, and all the things that Mm. just take part in making us who we are and who we become Yeah. because yeah, humans are so wild and complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this year you've been focusing more on creativity. Is that right? That is true. I am calling 2024 the year of creativity. Mm. Yeah. And you've started painting a lot. That's true. So after years of wanting to, to paint and, you know, explore that sort of artistic side. Um, I mean, mind you, I, I, this was a desire that I've always had, but um, when I was at school, Mm. um, there was a particular teacher who quite literally crushed my, Mm. this thing that I'd created. Um, And so that was quite a pivotal moment for me as a 13 year old um, and you know, I was like, no, you know what? I'm not going to try again. And so for years I just, I didn't do anything, Mm. you know, with that, even though that was a desire that I really had in my heart. Um, And then this year we had a few tragedies um, Mm. happen. um, And so I think it just really hit home just how fragile and unpredictable life is. And so something happened where I was like, you know what, don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for another year to kind of go by and let this be just another thought that you have. Yeah. And so I started and also it helped that my cousin, who is a beautiful Mm. artist, um, she was in Australia um, a few last month. And so she gave me an art lesson and some tips. And just with that, um, there's something that sparked in me this desire to create. Um, 
I can sometimes be a perfectionist, but I mm. think learning to to paint has also allowed me to embrace the flaws and, you know, learn how to work with the flaws and not yeah. kind of freak out when I see, you know, this color that shouldn't be there or yeah. So I feel like it's been teaching me a lot as uh, well, apart from the enjoyment factor, yeah. it's kind of helping me to deal with, yeah, perfectionism and knowing that actually, yeah, you can stuff up, but you can also do something with it or, right. you know, it doesn't have to stay that way. Yeah. Yeah. A lot like life in general. Exactly. And I love how forgiving painting is as a medium because of yes. how much you can just it's, alter it. You know, yeah. if something goes different than what you envisioned at exactly. first, you can change it on the fly. Yeah. Um, I find it also really fascinating just how therapeutic creativity can be yeah. in any form, really. Yeah. Um, if you can find something that actually sparks inspiration in you Absolutely. and then drives you to want to do more yeah it's such a healthy thing i think absolutely and just so fulfilling to actually make something yes you know absolutely um i think you're right i think to focus on beauty and creating beauty is mm. it is really satisfying and i think it also feel it speaks to that longing that we have for something more and to yeah. to create kind of helps you get close to that I think absolutely uh, yeah I think yeah there's something about I always like to think of music as almost the language of heaven Ooh. because it's such a wild thing you know mm. it's the literal vibrations yeah and in the same way I think creativity in general yeah. can be considered like a heavenly language absolutely. because in thinking about who God is as a creator, yes. it's this, and then we're made in the image of God. And so we were created to create and Absolutely. we have this ability to add beauty to the world. Yeah. And it's so, I just think it's fascinating exactly. and amazing that we actually get to participate That's right. in co-creation. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, it's okay. Sorry. You can cough. <laughs> I'm like, am I allowed? To? <laughs> yeah, you can just turn Sorry. your head away. No worries. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> You're good. So, oh. um, talking about God and things, mm. I would love to hear sort of, when I have fellow believers on, I like to give them a chance to share mm. their testimony, if you will, or their mm. story of how they came to believe in Christ. Mm. And what did that look like for you? Yeah. Um, so thankfully, I, you know, grew up in a family where mum and dad taught us and faithfully modeled to us um, what faith in God, what, you know, what that looked like, not mm. just in the happy times, but especially in the challenging ones. Um, but I think sometimes when you grow up in a Christian home and you're you know, surrounded by that, it's easy to also take it for granted. And Definitely. so I think my story of faith is one of God's faithfulness in constantly pursuing me, mm. you know, where I think um, I always come back to the line from um, the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, where mm. there's a line that says, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. 
And I feel like at various points in my life, um, you know, God has been faithful, even when I've wandered away, you know, Mm. whether that was um, at uni or when I first started work, um, full-time work, that was a really challenging time. Um, And yet at each point, I feel like God would just gently bring me back. And so it's not I, I don't think it's this linear thing or I can say this right. is the point where I accepted, but I think it's an ongoing process of, you know, Jesus choosing me mm. and me just, you know, being in awe and, and surrendering to that love that keep, yeah. that keeps kind of calling me and drawing me. Um, and it also really helps to have family around me that... Mm-hmm. You know, um, that we're, yeah, I'm daily reminded of God's faithfulness and what Jesus has achieved. Um, I think something that I've always struggled with is shame um, and not feeling like mm. I'm enough. And and I think that's where the gospel speaks so powerfully into my life is that well, Jesus' finished work on the cross is enough mm. and that I am accepted and loved just as I am and that's it and right. I think that's that's the reason that I I am a believer is because he loves me and w- deems me worthy and enough right. wow. mm. hallelujah that's so yeah. good thank you for sharing that yeah. I think it's so wild how difficult it is for us to accept that mm. you know and it goes back to that overthinking thing yes, of exactly this yeah, we live sort of in a world that's shrouded with shame yeah. and constantly trying to convince us, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, exactly. there's no way you could be the beloved. No. And that's, I think, what makes the gospel so fascinating and beautiful is how it just flips the entire narrative of the world on its head that's and it. says, actually, like the creator of the universe calls you beloved. Yes, and I love that. really chooses us, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's just crazy how much it is an ongoing thing yeah. of remembering and believing and sort of allowing yourself to be chosen, you yes. know, because that, yeah, yeah. we have such a hard time with it. That's it. And actually, yeah, part of this ongoing journey is to actually, yeah, accept and claim our belovedness mm. in Christ and yeah. not, yeah. And I think this is where... Yeah, kind of surrendering that shame and whatever feelings of unworthiness to God in order to sort of accept that we're loved right. and enough. Yeah, and I think that's the the ongoing struggle. Um, mm. I think God is very patient and, and gracious in Absolutely. constantly reminding us yeah. um, of that and putting people in our lives that remind us as well. Totally, yeah. yeah. I remember... I had this friend in Hawaii who mm-hmm. was this homeless guy mm-hmm. and he his name was Bud and he would just sit on the seawall and carve walking sticks. Mm-hmm. And I started talking to him one day because he was he's kind of cold, you know, and okay. didn't really Some of the homeless guys are really inviting and welcoming yeah. and they are happy to talk to you, but yeah. he was sort of cold and I would had seen him a number of times and always wanted to talk to him and I rolled up and started talking to him one day. And he just asked me what happened, you yeah. know, how did I get in a chair? And I told him. Yeah. And then 
started talking to him just about how, because I was very positive and he was yeah. surprised by how positive I was yeah. being paralyzed. Yes. And I said, it, I just talked about God's love yeah. and how much, and he was kind of confused by that. Mm. And then I mentioned just how I see proof of God's love mm. in the ocean and the sunset, mm. you know, and flowers and things, mm. just all the beauty in the world mm. is like a gift from God mm. telling me how much he loves me. Mm. And it was so cool to see the relationship with him blossom from that, mm. where we ended up spending every day together and I would just sit and carve walking sticks with him. Wow. And we would listen to the radio and just talk. And then when I left Hawaii, he, um, would text me every single day and like call me sometimes wow. and just send me pictures of stuff all the time. And it was so cool to see how much we had actually become like dear friends, yeah. you know? And I think that's such the power of love in the gospel Absolutely, because it allowed this guy and he had such a shame because mm. he was, he was literally known at a time as the town drunk and he had mm. left Oregon in the 1980s with his brother and just went to Hawaii on a one-way ticket mm. and then never left again and for a while he had been hooked on meth and all these things and but when I met him he was just drinking still yeah. and you know would drink every day and smoke pot and stuff but he it was yeah it was just really wild to see the transition that happened yeah. and how much he opened up to me as and, time went on. Yeah, and I feel like that also speaks to, you know, when you when people see each other and in all of their vulnerability and are able to connect, I think that that then sparks something more. And, you know, I think so often in our society we don't allow ourselves to be seen by each other, mm. you know? And so Absolutely. I think you re like broaching that threshold and sharing something of yourself with him, obviously that then enabled him to open up and yeah. show more of himself to you. Yeah. Mm. I wish people, cause it's so freeing, mm. you know, to actually be vulnerable yeah. and more open. Yeah. And then I think it, create such deeper relationships because mm. I feel we live in in the era of social media and everything. It's mm. so easy to get this mm. shallow depiction of everyone yes. and then feel like you know them. Yeah. But do you really know, you no. know, and exactly. I'm just, I'm wondering how to better combat that in yeah. life because I want to like, I think it's so good to spend time off of social media yeah. And focus on face-to-face, real-life relationships. I hear you. I feel like that's definitely something that I'm currently thinking about for myself, where you're right, it's so easy to know lots of people and, you know, um, but often it ends up being on a superficial level where yeah. you don't, you're not fully, you know, you don't fully know someone else, nor do they fully know who you are or what you're going through. Mm. Um, and so that is something that um, I've been thinking a lot about as well. And so something that I've sort of just started to do, and it has actually really helped me already um, after, I mean, mind you, it was after watching this documentary that kind of oh, yeah. scared me into it. But um, it has actually been quite beneficial where I have just deleted um 
my social media apps. Mm. And initially I did find it quite hard because I'm like, oh, what is that? Like what's happening out there? And I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, But just as, you know, the time has gone by, um, I've realized that it's allowed me to be more deliberate um, Mm. and intentional with the the friendships that I do have. Mm. Um, And not only that, it's also helped me to be more present and alert when I am somewhere, you know, and I'm not constantly distracted or thinking about what's happening elsewhere or what so-and-so doing or what could I be doing. Um, And so I feel like it's helped uh, slow down like that overthinking part um, or the part that's always distracted. Mm. Um, and so that's been nice. I know that I, I read something on like the benefits of being bored um, and oh, how yeah. that also can help. Um, and so actually not having multiple apps that I can just, you know, um, scroll through and just stop and you know, maybe even, yeah, let your mind wander um, has actually been really, has been really great. Um, But yeah, in terms of friendships and knowing people and being vulnerable with people, I think, yeah, it allows you to be more intentional um, and kind of not feel the need to, yeah, um, share things. And often, yeah, sometimes when when things are shared, you only see one part of the story. You don't see the full picture. And we've never had so much access to so much information Mm. of things all over the world, you Mm. know, and it's the things that get attention so often are really bleak and dark and sad, Mm. which I think it's good to be aware of stuff Mm. and not just like blind to the depravity of the world. Mm -mm. But at the same time, I think you can really set yourself up for failure Mm. if you get caught up in that and, focusing on that you know because it all comes back to that idea of what you give attention Mm. to and then in thinking of time Mm. we're so we're also convinced that we don't have enough time for everything Mm. when in reality we just don't make enough time for everything that we need to you know and we the way we prioritize things i feel it it can get so thrown off by just being distracted by stuff that we can't even change no. or control, you know, and we no. we focus we spend so much time thinking and focusing on stuff that there is nothing we can do about, you That's know. That's so true. That's so true. I think, yeah, we do like to have this sense of control, don't we? Mm. But I think that's something that I'm also learning actually is just to try and let go. Um, and mm. actually it's been really lovely that sometimes when you let go of this need to control what happens or um, expect what happens, then actually things and people always surprise you. Yeah. Um, so that's been nice. Too. Right. Yeah, because yeah. uh, if you overthink it, you can start to think of how wrong everything can go. Exactly. That you might even miss how good everything's going, actually. Yeah, that's it. Because you're too caught up envisioning Yes. What's going to go wrong? What's going to go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, this is a silly example, but um, I mean, I don't. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hmm, can no, I share this? You can, let's hear it. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just um, at school, 
you know, sometimes, um, so yeah, we were sharing about, oh, what classes, this is with mum, mm-hmm. what classes do we have? And, you know, mum was like, oh, you've got this class, like, this, it's great. Um, anyway, I went in there. It was not the greatest lesson. <laughs> and so in that moment, I was like, wow, like your expectations can really, mm. you know, but whereas I think if you can go in with a, with no expectations and just let things be what they are, right? sort of, yeah. Yeah, I had a friend that used to get annoyed with me if I talked up a movie too much. Ah. Because I could, I could say, this is so good, you got to yeah. go watch this, you know, and like then they go into it expecting this, life-changing film and And it turns out to not Not quite be as good as they felt I made it out to be that's so funny that reminds me of my husband he he does not like to know what's happening in a movie like he'll just like to go in and watch it yeah going blind yeah Yeah. (laughs) which I can appreciate that because I but I I still enjoy trailers yeah just because I think it's fun (laughs) Yes. To have my interest peaked, especially if it's a well done trailer where it doesn't give everything That's away, you know, because sometimes true. you feel like you've seen the whole movie Basically. in the trailer. But <laughs> yes. yeah, I, yeah, what I other do love, like yeah, that? I do love getting to the movies early just for the trailers. But, yeah. but you're right. I think now they just feel like it gives the whole thing away. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> we we went to watch that Anatomy of a Fall movie. You saw it. It's so wild. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you recommend? Actually, no. Now, like, I do was, recommend it. Okay. I'll say nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I recommend it. It's but worth it comes, a watch. It comes with your recommendation. I'll say nothing else. All right. Yes. No, that's good. That's good. That's nice and neutral. But I'm. Pr- I think we've liked all of your recommendations so far. So I'm so glad. I'm. I'm hopeful for this one. <laughs> yeah, man. I love movies. I talk to Rupa sometimes about because you guys are so good at reading. Yeah. And I like to read, but I'm a much slower reader, and it takes me a long time to get through a book sometimes. Yeah. But I love movies because Mm. it feels like a book that I can just watch. Mm. And when they're good movies, they can be really compelling stories and actually like carry a lot of weight and value to them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they have great dialogue. They can, yeah, make you think. Right. Oh, I I absolutely agree. (laughs) But I do want to get better at reading. More. <laughs> but I just like to consider there are some movies that are just as good as books. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to think of one. But some movies no. that aren't even books. <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> no. yeah, most. <laughs> um, uh, Kira, what are you most looking forward to right now? Oh, wow. Oh, um, lots of things, but. Well, actually, if I say this on air, maybe this means I'll have to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so this year marks five years since my husband and I met. Uh. And so we're hoping um, to go to Scotland for mm. the occasion and walk through the Scottish Highlands and um, do the, the West Highland way. Yeah. So I am definitely looking forward to that. However, I am nowhere near prepared for what that <laughs> will entail well that's good it's that'd be a good practice yeah. to face your fears and <laughs> okay oh, that is, well, that, i know i'm like well i've said it on yeah. air and now no yeah now we're gonna to... hold you to it exactly we're gonna get random messages yeah. from people in iowa <laughs> did you, you do the trial yeah yeah <laughs> yes 
So oh. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And again, actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, pushing, facing something that does feel insurmountable at this point, mm. just with the terrain and the distance, um, not particularly athletic in any way, shape or form. Um, and so, you know, this doing this will be another way to face that fear, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the listeners can hear that alarm in the background. Oh, do you hear that? that? Yes, I do. I don't know what it is. I've never heard it before. No. Maybe that's things car are okay. Or... Yeah, yeah things burning down outside. Because it we'll... feels like it's quite a ways away and just yeah. really loud. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's probably very faint. They might yeah. not even be able to hear it, so we might just sound crazy. But um, <laughs> can you tell us the story of how you and Remy met? Yeah, sure. Because that would, it was in Scotland. Yes, it was. So um, I went to Scotland uh, in 2019. Um, funnily, I actually, before I went to Scotland, I kind of made a pact with my sister or told my sister rather, um, you know, when I'm over there, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do any of that. I'm just going to, you know, focus on, you know, what, what God has, what, you know, what God has in store for me and just really, you know, I'm done with dating. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I went over to Scotland and, you know, sure enough, you know, when asked, I'd find, you know, polite, creative ways to decline offers of, of dates. Um, and I was um, volunteering at this hostel called the Lighthouse Hostel mm-hmm. um, in Edinburgh. And, yeah, so it was while I was working there, um, Remy was a guest at this hostel. And so we'd actually met um, a few days sort of prior to our our first date, but um, kind of told me, you know, I'm going away to the Highlands, but when I come back, I'd like a tour guide. And so I was like, well, here you go. Here's a brochure. Um, <laughs> we do walking tours. And so anyway, he, he took it. And then when I was doing the checkout process, he kind of tried again. He said, look, um, I'll be back in a couple of days. Um, and I'd like, you know, I would like you to be my tour guide. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, oh, people say this kind of thing all the time, you know, when they're traveling. And so he's probably not going to come back. And so I'll, I'll say yes, but he's not going to come back. <laughs> sure enough, 10 days later, um, there he was. And I was like, oh, you know, and it was very sweet. He was very, I think what I really um, loved and appreciated was that he was a man who kept his word mm. um, and has continued to do so since. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So we met, you know, um, had an epic date in Edinburgh and he left for France the next day. Um, And, you know, a long distance relationship, as you Mm. would very well know, uh, was definitely not something I had had, you know, on the cards. Um, But, you know, never say never. Also, I think God has a sense of humor. Definitely. Yeah. Through long distance, through the pandemic, um, we actually got married at the height of the pandemic. Yeah. Thankfully, he's here in Australia with us now. So how long did you, between meeting and getting married, mm. how long was that? 19, three years. Okay. Yeah. So you, 
you dated yeah. long distance. Oh yeah, for I think it years. was like eighteen months of long distance. Wow. Yeah. Man, and then did he come over to Australia no, to meet so the family, I, or the I family went, went over to Paris? Yeah, right? the fam- It was the coolest first meeting. Right. Uh, we met at a rooftop in Paris, mm. um, and that was yeah their first time meeting Remy. Even though he was really sick. Yeah, he was really sick, right? <laughs> And yet it still made uh, the trek. So it was definitely a keeper. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I'm so just amazed and honored to be a part of this family. And uh, I think it's so beautiful how you and Rupa both, in your minds, had kind of set even the idea of marriage aside. Mm-hmm. And then these two random white guys <laughs> I know. somehow won you over oh, yeah that it still it still gets me and actually um Rupa and I yeah because you're right for a little while both of us just thought that was not on the cards for us um and didn't actually think we wanted that even yeah um but it's funny because when we were younger um both of us used to kind of jokingly talk about like, wouldn't it be cool if we had family from other parts of the world? And we'd always desired to have an international family. Mm. And it just, it still makes me, like I actually quite get quite emotional when I think about how international our family is, yeah. you know, with, you know, you from You've got three America. continents. I know, <laughs> it's, well, it's beautiful. Technically four yeah. because you guys still have family in India, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, again, God, God has a sense of humor, and His timing is also perfect. And mm. He, yeah, things that we said, you know, when we were little, not even realizing, you know, sort of come to pass as adults. Yeah, just it's so beautiful. Blows me away. Yeah, yeah, it makes me think of heaven because mm. I feel that, like, I love just the international nature of our love stories and then our families as a whole. And then in thinking of heaven, I feel it's, it's going to be so much more expansive than we can even imagine, you know, and in thinking of diversity and cultures, Mm. like you guys are so good at appreciating food and love our food. I just like thinking about all the food variety in heaven, you know, because there's going to be all these flavors that we've never even experienced on this side of eternity that we'll actually get to experience. And I think about that with sight too, like our eyes, you know, and like, what will it be like to perfectly see, you know, and and just all of our senses Mm. be in their perfect form. It's really fascinating to me to think about. Wow. I'm excited for heaven. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, so we've been talking for about 40 minutes, wow. almost. And I'm curious, are there any things in particular? In, well, actually, let me ask you this. Mm. If you could be an expert in anything, in any area, what would it be? An expert learner. I would oh. love to just know how to pick up something, like, you know, read something and just learn it because I think I mean at the moment I was telling you about how I've been watching all these tutorials (laughs) on how to paint and I'm also trying very 
poorly uh, to learn how to speak French. Um, I'm oh, I also think you're doing good. Oh, that's very kind. Um, but yeah, so there's, and I mean, the other day, so I'm a casual teacher at the moment. Um, and so the other day I had to learn, I had to cover a, a science class. Now I am not scientifically inclined in any way. <laughs> and so I was trying to make sense of something in chemistry. I think it was like valency or something. Yeah. And I just couldn't grasp you know, my head around it. And so if I could be an expert at just learning and comprehending and making sense of all mm. these different things, that would be so cool yeah. just to be able to grasp, um, grasp all these different things in the world, these different realities and ways of thinking. And yeah, that's that a good would be one. so cool. I like that a lot. I think that's a, yeah, I some of the best advice I ever received was remain teachable. Ooh, and I like it goes along that. with that because, yeah, I think any time that you think you've got it figured out, you surely don't, you know, mm. and there's so much, there's just always more to learn and yes. more to and it's exciting. And grasp. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. I'd love to go to school again someday, mm. like actually go to university for something. But yeah. what would you go to if you could learn and go to uni for anything? What would you? I, I'm not entirely sure. I like the idea of music, you know, but at the same time, yeah, I love the freedom of not being professionally trained in music uh, and what that allows for just making music for fun always, yeah. you know? I mean, I think you you do it professionally anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, Thank you. But <laughs> yeah. I think I'm fascinated by psychology. I think I'd really enjoy psychology mm. and just learning more about the human mind, yes. you know, yeah. because I just, I'm so blown away by how our brains work yeah. and all the thing, like even just with overthinking and how each person is so unique and so different, you mm. know, based on what's happened to them, what they've experienced and mm. what they've, you know, put their attention towards. Mm. It's so crazy to me just how complex humanity is. Exactly. And I think psychology would be fun to actually get professionally trained in. Yeah. And then I think it would be fulfilling to be like a counselor, you know, or some something yeah. like that. I wouldn't want I could so see you doing that. <laughs> wow. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. But I don't think I'd want to be like a psychiatrist where they like prescribe things, yeah. but rather just someone to talk to, yes. you know, because... And again, I mean, we kind of touched on it before, but just it is so healing to be able to speak to someone and for them to just see you and accept you for who you fully are. Right. All of, you know, with everything. And it's sad how many people don't realize that's available, you know, or yeah. pe there's such a, like an epidemic or pandemic of loneliness, mm. I feel mm -hmm. in this modern era. Mm. And it's, it's so available, you yeah. know, like there's actually people that are willing to listen Yeah, and, be there you mm. know and so often you don't have to do anything more than listen and just give people a chance to share their heart mm. and who they are mm. i and think so, you do that very well micah well thank you kirba i think you do too i think you're an excellent listener <laughs> you're easy to talk to it's so good likewise this was fun yeah i'm so glad that we got to do this and i'm so honored that i get to call you sister thank you um, um do you have 
any final words or thoughts for the lovely listeners of Oops, I Missed Church? Uh, I hope I'll get to see you in Iowa someday. Yeah. This is, yeah, a place that I'm really excited about visiting. Um, and yeah, um, I hope I'll get to see you. But thank you so much for having me on the show. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to what this next chapter looks like, yeah. um, you know, and hopefully doing that road trip through the States. Absolutely. So you guys really should come. Yeah. I think it'd be so fun. Yeah. Also, one more question. If mm. you ever started a podcast, Ooh. what do you think you would talk about on it? Oh, wow. Because I think you could do it. I could almost really? see you and Rupa doing a podcast oh, together. Oh my gosh, that would be, I. you know what? I think, yeah, on my own, I feel like that I would love to do one like a sister one um, with Rue, that would I think that would be so fun. Um, what would it be about? I I too like, you know, um, hearing about what other people have been learning. Mm. Um, kind of a a podcast that I'm really um, also enjoying is um, called No Small Endeavor, and it's all about mm. like how to live the good life and what does that look like um, and how, you know, and often it, it is also a faith-based one um, mm. and so how, like the different ways that people have been finding hope and what they've been learning about God. Um, so I, I something like a fusion of that plus just, you know, things that people have been learning about the world because yeah. I just, I think... There's so much, actually, yeah, doing casual teaching and going across the different subject areas makes you aware of how little we know and right. how little I know. Uh, and so I'm like, wow, there's so much to, to know about this world. And mm. so to kind of, um, you know, like science for dummies or yeah. philosophy for dummies, like, you know, a, an easy, easy to understand um ways of yeah comprehending these complex things in our world but yeah get experts to explain things in really simple easy to understand terms mm. kind of yeah you guys could that. That like interview people yeah. as teachers yeah and then help simplify it for the listeners exactly so i think that's something like that mm. or i'd also like to interview different authors and kind yeah. of chat about what their right, you know, creative process was like, what did they mean when they wrote this and kind of pick the author's brain. Yeah. I think that would be real. Like, what did they really mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think I'd like that. I think so too. I would like that. Wow. Huh. Well, let's make it happen eventually. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I'll call you up for some podcasting tips. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. Kira, thank you so much. This has been so lovely. Thank you. And thank you for listening, my friends. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Oops, I Missed Church, the podcast. I'm your host, Micah Leverton. Go and love your enemies.